guys, this is Angie H, and welcome to Thursday Thoughts Over Tea. This is your weekly dose of tea where we dive right into holistic health, societal issues, and even a platform that gives you that motivation and inspiring thoughts that would help you see the rainbow even in your darkest cloud. So I want you to sit back, grab that cup of tea, and enjoy the show. Hello guys and welcome to Thursday Thoughts Over Tea. I am your host Angie H. Why is it so hard to ask for help? Literally, sometimes we have a problem with asking someone for help. Um, whether it be in a hard time, whether it be in business, um, whatever the case may be, for some reason it's hard for us to look to someone else for help and I asked this question why and I got some awesome response um Anton he said no one wants to be wrong but he said him personally he loves to learn and I can understand I can understand that like you want to think that your way is the right way there's no other way so I'm not going to ask anybody because then I may find out that what I'm doing is not right what I'm doing is wrong so I can I can kind of see where that can be a stumbling block for someone asking for help um but I love the fact that he put in that he he loves to learn so if he has to go to someone to ask for help he will um, and a lot of times, and that's a male, and a lot of times, um, some men may not ask for help because I'm not going to go to another man for help. Um, and I can say not just necessarily men, um, but we women, we have that issue too. Um, and then Jay and Katie um, from Jen XYZ, G-E-N XYZ, the podcast on Spotify. By the way, check that podcast out um that podcast it talks about everyday topics from politics to family structure all different types of things but what i like about it it's a family podcast so it gives the perspective of every generation that is why it's called gen xyz they actually sit down as a family and discuss um and get their opinions of their of their children um so check out that podcast in your search for podcasts especially if you are a family um check out that podcast because they discuss things that other people don't want to talk about they actually did deep um and give a platform for everybody's voice to be heard check that out g-e-n-x-y-z the podcast on spotify sorry had to let you know because I love that podcast. But back to her answer. <laughs> um, pride. Pride and being a hater, basically, is um, what they said. Um, but pride. A lot of times we are too prideful that we feel in that state that we are weak because we had to ask someone something that we did not know. So I thought that that was a good a good point. Um, then Kayla, um, Kayla made a good point as well. She stated that no one wants to seem inadequate or unable, um, especially in a culture where strong and independent is the standard. 
wow so that answer made me think about it um yeah you don't want to go to someone and be like i i'm not able or feel like i'm you know what i'm not even smart enough to even figure this out so i gotta go ask for help so you're going and you're thinking that you are not if you're not adequate enough to complete a task so now you have to go to someone else to help you and then it ties into that pride it ties into not wanting to be wrong so all these things play so all these answers play off for each other but when a standard of you having to be independent is forced on you or placed on you and that is the model that you live by then stepping outside of yourself and acknowledging the fact that you may not know something and you need assistance could be very hard so I really thought that that was a great answer then my aunt Melanie (laughs) she um she stated um that a lot of times it's difficult to ask for help depending on what you need. So a lot of times you try to figure it out yourself. I am guilty of this. And like I told her, I, I do this. I will try to teach myself how to do everything before I break down and ask for someone. So I'm trying to figure it out. And then she made a good point that, hey, what if I tried to do it myself first? Okay. Now I realize that I can't do it myself. So I then have to seek out a expert in that field. Now that is a good point because if you're going to ask for help, make sure that when you ask for that assistance, that that person knows more than you do and that they actually can assist you or they're expert in the thing that you want to learn. I am, I do this. Like I said, I try to figure out everything myself first. And then if I can't, then I will go to someone. It's nothing wrong with that. The fact of the matter is that you're taking away that barrier that if I need someone, I will. I will ask. So even though you're trying to work hard and figure this thing out on your own, I'm going to um, do this. I'm going to try Because a lot of times I learn how to do things because I actually sat down and I read it, I studied it, and I figured it out. So now when somebody else comes to me, I appear to be the expert. So now I'm able to deposit what I have learned into someone else when they come to help me. So yes, trying to do things on your own is awesome. It's it's great to try to figure it out because then you become the expert the more that you do it and then you can help someone else pay it forward um so all those answers were great um my take on asking for help it ties into everything that everyone else said when they chimed in again thank you guys for chiming in on our question of the week but in, in my take on it sometimes when you go and ask for help you are mistreated um you're you're put down and or talked about um especially when it's a personal matter um you don't have food you don't have groceries or um you can't pay a bill or something like that you fell on hard times and then you go and you ask someone for help and then you become a topic of discussion you become a sermon you become all these things um 
in your most vulnerable time. So asking someone for help becomes non-existent because you don't know the backlash or you don't know if it's going to follow or or the follow-up is going to be embarrassment, I should say. So now you're in this place of need, but you can't ask because you don't really know if the person that you need has good character to help you and not embarrass you. And I think that a lot of times that that bothers a lot of people and that stops a lot of people from asking for assistance, especially in personal matters. Um, some people will endure pain and sacrifice peace and joy just so that they won't have to ask somebody for help. And I'm sorry to say, I'm just going to keep it real. A lot of times it's family that people can't go to other family members and ask for help because then they're going to tell you why you in this situation because you did X, Y, and Z wrong, never really knowing the entire or totality of your situation. If you would do X, Y, and Z, you would be better off. Again, you don't know the totality of my situation. So people will literally suffer in silence than to go to someone and ask for help. Because you really don't know if they're going to assist you in love or they're assisting you for blueprints or for things to talk about later. So are they helping me because they really love me? Or are they helping me because they need material in the next family text message or group text that is about me? So people will go without because of that and then you have the business side of help I'm asking for help I don't know how to do this can I trust that that person that is doing the same thing I'm doing is going to remove the jealousy and understand that I am trying to learn from you not take from you because I, I think there's a misconception that the world is small and we are in this itty bitty pod um, and so we have to Um, fight for the same client base not really knowing that it's billions of people in the world and I may never cross the same clients you you have so now I'm not going to help you and aid you in growing your business because you may take away from my business so I'd rather you know not even ask you for help like why why is it (coughs) that we are like that I I really think that we have this concept that my clients are my client, my business is my business and I'm not going to help you. Now, granted, some people are leeches. They are gift leeches. They are talent leeches. They are spiritual leeches. So they come to suck the very life out of you and they won't leave anything for you to pour into yourself. There are people like that. So I can understand being very cautious when someone is asking you for help um, because there are people out there. There are people that literally will come to you because you know a thing and you're good at a thing, use you and never mention your name, never say, hey, I started out of my business. If it wasn't for sister such and such and home and my homeboy sitting down and telling me that I was doing it wrong, 
I would not be where I am. So giving out help is hard. And it's also hard for acts for help because of that fear of rejection. I believe that it's, it's that it's that fear of rejection that if I come to you, you're going to reject me. And then I'm going to feel even bad. So I just, I just figure it out. And I'm that, I'm that person. I will study. I will read. I will order a book. I will watch YouTube. I am alumni of YouTube University, by the way. YouTube has taught me a lot of stuff. Um, but I found, and it's sad that in my culture, as an African-American female, business owner, author, whatever, uh, a lot of my support comes from people I don't know and a lot of times people of another race. Um, I believe that we get too familiar um, with people that we know and then they feel like I know so much about you you can't be who you say you are now but and I say this everybody believes the people in the Bible change every apostle changed but God forbid your sister is different she's a fraud so when you sitting here speaking ill on your sister and brother they're fraudulent they not who they say they are you think they get ready to come to you and ask you for help in any given situation I wouldn't and I don't (laughs) I'm just keeping it real so we need to change that narrative yes be very cautious of the people that you help um understand and that goes back to the relationship piece that i did with nakia knowing and building that foundation of your relationship knowing how you play in each other life now if i'm if i'm calling you friend i'm calling you family then you should know the content of my heart and character you will hope yeah it's some shady family members and friends out there but if we have built that foundation and we have grew organically then you know that i'm not coming to steal from you i'm coming to learn from you so when i ask you for help i really need it and i don't think that we we understand this so i believe that all the points that were given by the people that chimed in on our question of the week um along with bad experiences affect how we approach people when we need something let's change that narrative guys let's be a little bit more open to assisting and for those of us that don't really like asking for help let's let's research and under and look for the people that we really know that have our back and that would help us and not be afraid to go to them and ask i'm gonna tell you i learned from my core all the time i have a core a core set of people I don't drop a lot of people off, but I have a core set of people and I can go to them and be like, Hey, how do I get this done? Um, do you know, or do you know of anyone that can help me? Like we are that for each other, but it, it was hard for me to ask for help too. That's why I asked that question. It, it was like really hard because I had so dealt with so much rejection in trying to ask for help. And then it's that piece that I hate so much is if it was not for me you wouldn't have x y and z that's another reason why people don't ask for help because when i needed you the most you've been holding it over my head 
so that you will have an opportunity to tell me if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be where I am. If you're not going to help with a pure heart, then don't help. And this is why people have trouble with asking for help. So many points, so many issues, and so many underlying, underlining pieces of pain in pockets of our lives that affects how we interact with people when we need them the most. So think about what type of person you are. Are you open to help? And think about if someone comes to you for help, will you help them with a pure heart or are you helping them just so that you can tell them later that you did so? Think about it. And thank you for tuning in. And catch me after this break when I give you our Black Excellence Moment of the Week. Hey guys, Coach Angie here, defining our purpose. What does that mean to you? What does that entail? What does that look like? What do you feel that you may need in order to define your personal purpose? Could it be you need a little inspiration and motivation? Could it be that you need something that's going to help you with your spiritual growth and personal growth? Could it be that you need just a little jump start to begin that holistic health journey that you keep saying that you're going to start? Well, you can find some of these things to help you on my website, www definingourpurpose.com If you click on the DOP tab you can actually find my devotional workbook, Aspirations A-N-N-E-S-P-I-R-A-T-I-O-N-S This is something that helped me in my dark days and I wrote it from a place that I needed um, to find my own personal spiritual growth. Also, you can click on the Niece Charles tab and there you will find my holistic products that I create by hand as well as my coaching and different services that I provide. No matter what you need, just know that you don't have to do it alone. That There is someone that you can talk to and I'm that person if you need me. Definingourpurpose.com is where you can find all the information. Also, Inspirations is also found on Kindle and Amazon. And welcome back to Thursday Thoughts Over Tea. I'm your host, Angie H, and I am here to give you our Black Excellence Moment of the Day, Black Wall Street. Um, we probably know this story. We probably know all about it. But I was um, shocked to find that when I had mentioned Black Wall Street to an elderly student of mine, he had no clue what I was talking about. Um, so that just lets me know that it needs to be brought up just in case we don't know. But it also ties into our topic for today. Why is it so hard to ask for help? Now, here we have, um, in 1921, about 11,000 um, black residents lived in the neighborhood of Greenwood. Um, and this was in Tulsa. Um, now, these people came in, either they migrated into it to escape, or they were enslaved Um and around that time, the Native Americans were taken from their land. But in them being taken from their land, they migrated to Oklahoma and they enslaved African Americans. Um, a lot of times we don't like to discuss that part, but Native Americans did have 
African-American slaves. So that's how some of the uh, African-Americans got into Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I'm not going to hold you and give you all the rundown. But what is Black Wall Street? Black Wall Street is the business district of Tulsa, Oklahoma at that time in about 1910. Um, And this was an area where a black landowner or a black um, businessman came in and bought about 40 acres of land. And his stipulation when he was going to sell off pieces of this land that it can only be sold to African-American people. And because of that, that is when Black Wall Street was formed. Um, And what this land did and what opportunities it opened for African-Americans in that time was about gave them the opportunity to build about 600 businesses amongst these businesses you had rented accommodations you had law firms you had clothing you had printing you had newspaper and even had their own transportation system there were hotels there were um, bars on the weekend that played jazz and blues Um, this was considered in that time an economic miracle that these people are confined to this 40 acres and they're thriving and because of this there were some millionaires there were some churches maybe a mega church um there was people that owned planes they had nice homes with china grand pianos they were really thriving in this plot of land that was created just for them so to me that's amazing and it goes back into our topic let's let's be clear they had to ask each other for help for some reason we have gotten away from that but in order for an area to have 600 businesses including their banks and different things like that they had to ask each other they had to lean they had to you know depend on each other so forgive me so I thought that was just simply amazing um like I said I'm not going to give you the the full full rundown because it's so it's so much but I just wanted to just tie that into what we were discussing about asking for help now these people had to come and lean on each other they had to talk to their neighbor they had to say okay how can we accomplish this because all of this they had their own community that provided them with everything they needed to sustain their life of course as you know there was jealousy amongst the whites that were nearby okay how can they how are they thriving how are they succeeding and let's be clear these people don't need us for nothing everything they need They can depend on each other to provide. So that is when the Daedalus Massacre happened. They came in and they murdered and slaughtered everybody in that area. And they wanted to stop the function of unity and the things that they had 
created for themselves to be millionaires and to be successful. They wanted to make sure that they wiped it clean. So not only did they come and storm into this town to kill and destroy everything within it, they took planes and dropped bombs to make sure that they cleaned them forever. And that is how they rose and were successful, 600 businesses, to now they're no more. And we don't hear about it. This is one of the things that we don't hear about, that um, people don't talk about. As I said, my elderly patient, um, not patient, excuse me, my elderly student had no clue what I was talking about. He, he, he just had absolutely had no clue what Black Wall Street was until I, until I told him that it was my opportunity to share something with the generation before me. But my, my whole point is, why didn't he know? Because he was so close to that time, why would I tell you that there's a possibility that you can succeed if you work together? Also, there was a Black Wall Street of Durham, North Carolina. Now, this is two African-Americans that um, started like a, a, it was a bank, a financial institute in Durham. Um, And it was like the uh, early 1900s. Um, Mechanics and Farmers Bank and North Carolina Mutual Insurance, they came together and created Black Wall Street of Durham. Um, And this is in the time of Jim Crow and places like that. And they thrived in this area on Parrish Street. And fun fact, Mechanics and Farmers Bank still exists to this day on Parrish Street in Durham, North Carolina. So that's pretty amazing. But it was these were black-owned um, businesses, and they came together, and they also were able to have businesses and things thrive in this area. Um, it was an event here in Durham, North Carolina, last year called Black Wall Street Homecoming, um, and this was an event that was catered and geared to African Americans that were starting out as entrepreneurs. Um, I I really think that that is amazing. And if you have time, just look up Black Wall Street because it it survived, Black Wall Street of Durham, North Carolina survived um, many years um, before, you know, of course went away. But one thing that I am noticing, because I'm a resident of North Carolina, that there is a rise in um, black owned businesses in Durham. There's a lot going on in Durham. Now, Durham get the bad stereotype like a lot of cities do. Um, The crime rate is high, different things like that. Um, Just like any other city, crime is high depending on your area. But that doesn't mean that the entire area is like this. There are so many businesses that are popping up. um, Black-owned tea shops and coffee shops and different things like that where you can see that Durham is coming together to again rebuild Black Wall Street. Not necessarily that they're calling it that, but you can see that it's a lot of support there in the African-American culture. Um, 
which lets me know that they're they're leaning and again asking for help and helping each other so those are two black wall street facts like i said i have a whole lot more that i could share but i advise you if you don't if you don't know about it have never heard about it research it look it up um because like i said it goes along with asking asking for help how do we ask um those questions somebody that's doing the same thing that we're doing how do we say hey um can you assist me because that is what was needed because we were segregated um we were in a time where we couldn't ask anybody else for anything and we needed to well outside of ourselves and we needed help we needed assistance they had to lean on each other in order to have 600 successful businesses without chaos and confusion or someone trying to sabotage so i thought that was amazing that is my black excellence moment of the day black wall street of tulsa oklahoma and durham north carolina you guys have a great day thank you for tuning in to thursday thoughts over tea i hope that you enjoyed the show if you feel so inclined please subscribe to the podcast on spotify our heart radio google podcast apple tune in and wherever you get your awesome podcast and also on anchor fm so remember we're here every thursday for some much needed chit chat over your hot cup of tea